about the nursery? Is everybody good? Uh, she got help? Yeah, go check on her. Praise God. Here we are. I've been waiting all the, all week for this. Um, sometimes I get a, a word and I want to give it to you all at one time. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way I roll. I want to just put it, but there's just no no way, even though it all connects together. So this is part two of the Kingdom Builder series. Praise God. Uh, and it's also a relevant word. Uh, for our seasons and for our time. Uh, and I, I'm so glad that everybody's come and joined us in the middle of this chaos we, we deal with on the media and on the news and whatever. Um, but I, I encourage you to just set your heart on building the kingdom of God. And that is the the basic foundation of what this message is about. Is You know, there's work to do for the Lord, whether you do it at your house, whether it's in the streets, whether it's wherever, you know, we have a calling and a, uh, a job to do for God. I mean, no, Jesus is the answer to all of the problems, praise God. So, I forget, walk away. Sorry, I untucked a, man, this thing was getting on my nerves, it's time to get to work, you with, you with me? Oh, praise God. Oh, um, so I want to give you a quick recap, play, uh, place it back in your mind real quick. Uh, so we, we started last week and we were talking about how Abraham, a man 99 years old, birthed a whole nation by faith in the word of God. A man good as dead birthed a whole nation by faith in the word of God. And that was the uh, miraculous point that, that God was making. Number one, uh, God, everything is possible for God. What is impossible with men is possible with God. Are you with me? Uh, and a lot of times God will go uh, take you to the place of impossibilities to show you his possibilities. Are you with me? Uh, a lot of times in the Bible, just like the story of Gideon, he's like, oh, your army's too big. What? Yeah, why? Because if you, if you defeat them with 10,000, uh, then you're going to think you did something, right? But God shrunk them all the way down to 300 to show them the glory of the Lord, right? That it was the Lord with them. So, this quick recap, real quick. Abraham births a nation. You know, God gives him a promise, and he says this right here, and I want you to pay attention to this promise. And if you keep up with me, dude, this word is good for you. Uh, once again, it's something that will help you understand the Bible in a big picture format. Are you with me? But the promise that God gave to Abraham, he told him, he says, look up into the stars, into the sky, right? And if you can count them, that's the number of your descendants, right? He says, look up on the sand of the sea, you know, uh, uh, those little grains of sand, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And, and God was talking to a man that had no children at all. Are you with me? And he's saying, look, I mean, ain't that a hard word to believe? Oh, wow, I'm going to have this many descendants, you know? Impossibilities, right? But what I want you to understand is this is also a shadow of the two covenants, 
you see, because the sand of the shore is the representation of the physical seed of Abraham. Right? You're going to see this here in a minute. And the stars in the sky are the spiritual descendants of Abraham through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Are you with me? Now, before we were talking about uh, uh, a 400 years of silence and then a deliverer is born, right? Moses, right? That's what started it. And then we realized later on in the picture, there's another 400 years of silence and a deliverer is born. Jesus Christ, our righteousness, right? Uh, and, and, and so we're, we're seeing that the word of God has like this cyclical of, of processes of prophetic fulfillment. Are you with me? Uh, the same thing that was uh, to Moses and, and, and the descendants and that being fulfilled in the flesh, Jesus Christ built the tabernacle in the spirit. Are you with me? You know, the Bible says that Jesus went into heaven itself, right? And cleansed heaven itself. He's our faithful high priest who went into the heavens, right? Are you with me? Now, God is uh, notorious for giving us shadows and types and teaching us in parables. Why? Because it's things that we can understand. In other words, God told Moses to build the tabernacle exactly how he told him to build it for a reason. Because it's a shadow of what's in heaven, right? So we can have a physical picture and understand spiritual things. Are you with me? So I, I wanted to show you from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible this big picture theme that's going on from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the beginning to the end. There's this shadow of the temple that's being built, right? And uh, remember, we talked about Abraham. I mean, uh, uh, Paul being a wise master builder, and that the temple has continue to be built even unto this day in the spirit because we are the living stone. Are you with me? Sorry, I'm trying to catch y'all up. Um, so what I need you to see is that we're still building this temple. Are you with me? And I'm going to tell you, you know, sometimes there's there's a thousand divisions in the world and we're seeing everything in the flesh. But how many knows we're still building one temple? You're either a part of the heavenly temple or you're not. Are you with me? Uh, and, and the only way to be part of this temple is uh, repentance and faith towards Jesus Christ. Uh, and and you've either been born again or from heaven or you haven't. I don't care what denomination you go to. I don't care. uh, uh uh, how many rules you keep and how good you think you are. I don't care about none of that. <laughs> the question I want to know is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Are you with me? Uh, and, and, I, and I need you to understand because it can get tricky in the flesh when you've got 10,000 churches all around here. you got one you got churches right down the street that bear a different name. And it's almost like we're two separate uh, <laughs> entities. But in the spirit realm, they're either a part of that heavenly temple and they've been built on the work of Jesus Christ and the apostles or they haven't. Are you with me? And then all throughout churches, there's people sitting all throughout the churches. They've identified with the physical church, but they ain't identified with the spiritual. So you'll have people in different churches. Some of them are actually a part of the temple. 
and some of them ain't. And let me tell you something, that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. But you have to understand that we are building the heavenly Jerusalem. Are you with me? Uh, so, and this is the kind of picture I need you to understand uh, because we're going to get into this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 is our first scripture reading. Praise God. And I hope you come uh, to catch a revelation today, man, because uh, I study this stuff sometimes and it blows my mind. You know, when I get back in it and uh, I start receiving new understandings as I'm studying, you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, and it sets me on fire like a little kid. Are you with me? Does the Word of God still excite you and set you on fire like a little kid? I've been studying the Word of God for, what, 14, 10, 12, 13, 14 years now. Uh, and still, I mean, it just hits me. And I'm like, wow, dude, God is amazing. God is amazing. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Listen to this. By faith, Abraham obeyed. When he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, somebody said by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign country, dwelling in it with tents with Isaac and Jacob, the hares with him of whom the, of the same promise. But listen to this, check this out. For he was waiting for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Uh, and I want you to see this because I need you to understand that Abraham was called out of the land Ur, you know, and called to leave the land of the Chaldeans. And, uh, you know, God made him this promise. He says, get up, go. He had to leave everything he knew, everything he understood. And by faith, he, he dwelt in the land of Canaan. But God said, this is Israel. God said, this is your Jerusalem. This is where all your descendants are going to be. So it's saying he dwelt there with tents by faith. But in the physical, it belonged to these Canaanites, right? But in the spirit, this is my land. See what I'm saying? But what I'm telling you is he was waiting for a building. Don't miss the key here. He was waiting for a building which the building's foundation was built by God. Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 2. And we read this scripture a lot. Uh, and you will find that I can keep going because th there's so much in it. Like it just connects all over the place. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to this. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Listen, y'all ready? Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. But what I need you to see here is that this is the foundation that God built. You hear what I'm saying? It says, we're, we're, listen, I'm going to read it to you one more time. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building 
being fitted together. So if Jesus Christ, the apostles and the prophets were building the spiritual temple and it's the cornerstone, it's the uh, Jesus being the cornerstone, which which the whole building lines up with. They were setting the foundation. Are you with me? They were setting a foundation that we are still building on to this day. Can you hear me? So, and let me, let me, we're going to keep digging into this real quick. Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. So I need you to see this. The whole word of God makes sense when you see this. Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. But he who has he was he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and her who was of the free woman through the promise. Somebody say the the bondwoman, the flesh, the free woman, the promise. And look. Uh, Paul points it out right here for us to see, plain and clear. I don't know how I can read it a thousand times and not see it just like this. It says, which things are symbolic? For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. Are you with me? For this Hagar is Mount Sinai. Who, who knows what happened at Mount Sinai? That's where Moses met with God, right? In Arabia, which corresponds to Jerusalem which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Somebody say, but. The Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. Somebody say, Jerusalem above. Praise God, there's a temple with foundations, and a Jerusalem above, which is free. Uh, So let's keep going. Revelations chapter 21. Because I want you to understand that just as sure as we are sitting in this church service today, God, for the last 2,000 years, has been building His spiritual temple. Are you with me? Revelation chapter 21. So we're at the end of the Bible now. And verse 1, and it says this, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw. So I say, I, John, saw. The holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. So what I'm telling you is that a lot of the stuff from the Old Testament that God had set up as shadows in symbolic entries so we can meditate on it and understand what's going on in the heavenlies. Because there's the physical descendants of Abraham who are the sand of the shore, right? But then there are those who are born of the Spirit and are the stars of the sky. Are you with me? These things are symbolic. Are you with me? So, I wanted to bring you to this place to help you understand 
that even to this day, listen, even to right now, we are building this temple. Are you with me? How many knows there's a plumb line set? God has times and he has seasons. But God is building his temple. That's what he's doing right now to this day. So if God is building his temple, what happens when that last block gets placed in that temple? It's the initiation of the end of all things. Are you with me? And Jesus says it's it's going to come in birth pains. Why? Jesus says uh, he, he gives a prophecy of the last days and he compares the beginning of sorrows to birth pains. Why? Because the truth is those beginning of sorrows, we should be looking forward to the birth that's coming, right? Just like all those 400 years of silence through the prophetic cycle in the Bible and then a deliverer is born, right? How many knows we're still waiting on promises? Praise God. We, just like the the Jews in the day when Jesus showed up, they waited 400 years and guess what they did? They built a thousand things. They were sitting there. God did not speak for 400 years and then the Messiah showed up. They had, man, let me, let me list some off for you. They had Pharisees. They had Sadducees. They had Essenes. They had, uh, the Herodians. They had the Zealots. Are you with me? So in all this silence, they're building all these different sects of religion, right? But how many knows when Jesus showed up? Did none of that matter? When the truth showed up, you either went with the truth or you stayed with your religion. Are you here? Are you hearing me? Because there's a difference. But I want you to understand the, the cycle of things and understand that not only was they waiting on a promise, we are waiting on a promise. How many knows there's one promise and there's a, uh, a lot of uh, revelation that we're, we're still waiting on right now? Are you with me? How many knows what that promise is? The return. The return of Christ. We are waiting on the return of Christ. And I want to share one scripture with you. <laughs> because it's interesting. You, could you imagine sitting there for 400 years in silence and then all of a sudden the Messiah is born? Right? Are you with me? And it just comes up out of nowhere and all of a sudden you're either with it or you ain't. You know, and it's like very foreign to everything you thought it was going to be. and uh, You know, this, that, and the other. Are you with me? We are also in the midst of waiting on the Lord. And uh, you don't hear about this much anymore. And it, and it really saddens me because it's like uh, people's ears have grown deaf to the fact that Jesus is coming back. If I told them it was an alien, they would listen. If I told them, like, oh, there's an alien invasion coming, and uh, like this whole kingdom of come in and take over the whole world, and, uh, you know, they would believe that. But when I tell them that Jesus, the, the giver of life, uh, the God is coming, they're hard to believe. Are you with me? Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 9. 
Because I pray the Holy Spirit stirs your spirit and wakes you up. Are you with me? Let's start at verse 8 real quick. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And if you can't keep up with the scriptures, just hear me out. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years. I might say one day is a thousand years to the Lord. Time doesn't mean anything to God. It's just a vapor. Don't you understand? A thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any of us should perish, but that all of us should come to repentance. In other words, God Himself is waiting that revival turn, that, that, that return from heaven, because He's long-suffering. And when that day comes, it's going to be a sad day for a lot of people. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Are you with me? Uh, and, and, and I also wanted to point you out that he said he's not slack concerning his promise. Why? Because we're still waiting on a promise. Are you with me? We are stuck in that time zone where uh, we're waiting on the Lord, right? Uh, and... It could feel like a long 400 years or whatever, you know. It could feel like a long time. But when it comes, it's going to come as a thief in the night. Amen. But those who are of the light and walk in the light will see those days approaching. That's what the Bible says. Uh, so anyway, I told all that to get you to the point to understand that we're still building this heavenly temple. Uh, and uh, just like the the shadow of Moses was a shadow of Jesus, is there a possibility that the shadow of the builders is a shadow of the church? Think about the time frames. If you took Jesus and set him side by side with Moses because Moses was a shadow of the Christ, Right? And Moses initiated the building of the temple, right? And then the Old Testament ends with the reconstruction of the temple. Are you with me? So then if you got Jesus and the foundation and all that's built on the apostles and prophets, and we're still building this temple in heaven, is it possible that it's a shadow of the church and us building all the way until the end of time? And then the silence, and then all of a sudden the promise comes out of nowhere, right? Jesus compares it to birth pains, right? And then it's going to be born. It's going to come. It's going to get more intense as those days approaches. The, 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 the birth pains are going to increase. It's uh, the, 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 the pain and the struggle and the things are going to, but then our deliverer is coming. Are you with me? So I want you to understand these things because these things are aligned in the Bible for us to see. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. I need you to understand this, and this is painting that same picture for you. I've read this a thousand times, but until I was preaching this message, it didn't. I didn't understand. Praise God. Are y'all still with me? I ain't losing y'all, am I? 
I ain't said, are y'all with me a thousand times yet? Y'all watch John? Oh, have I? It's a, I can't help it. The most annoying statement I will ever say will be the most likely statement spoke at my funeral. How do you think that makes me feel? You know what I'm saying? Don't, Don't think that I'm just, you know, just loving to torture you with it. Hebrews chapter 3. And I've given John permission for three amen. Are y'all with me? If he goes over that, throw something at him. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3. Listen to this, guys. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. Of Whose confession? Of our confession. Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him. Listen, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house, as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ, listen now, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope, firm until the end. So what am I showing you here? I'm showing you here that the the Hebrew writer is displaying the very same things that I'm trying to show you. Moses was faithful in his own house, right? But Moses is way less in honor, uh, as much as less in honor to Jesus as the house is less in honor to the one who built it. Are you with me? Praise God, you can build a magnificent house, but how many know uh, the house itself is not worth more than that builder who can build 10,000 of them? You see what I'm saying? Are y'all with me? Uh, but what the Bible is saying here is that Jesus has been given his own house and his honor is higher as the honor of the person who built the house is higher than the house. Are you with me? So, so what does it mean to be in the house of God? You know, I mean, uh, we come in here, we come in the church and we, uh, we, we have our church, we sing our songs, we preach the word, Right? But how many knows you got to be born from above? If you don't have the witness of heaven and the Holy Spirit crying out in your heart, saying, Father, Abba, that's calling you into godly things and holy things. The Spirit is in you crying out. You're not His. And I, I know my life is extremely dramatic, so I can see the difference very easily. Are you with me? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not busting on anybody. I'm saying this for your own benefit. Because I don't ever want to lead a church where there might be people in it that don't know the Lord. Are you with me? And so I'm I'm driving these facts home so you can understand that in the physical we're seeing stuff. But there is a spiritual. The spiritual is actually more real than the physical. Uh. So anyway, and you don't need me, I want to make this clear, you don't need me to lead you in a prayer. You don't need any of that. You know what you need? 
is in your own space, in your own time. Get down on your knees before the Lord and pray to God that he would forgive you and trust in the Lord Jesus for uh, the remission of sins and everything uh, that, that, that you've done. Uh, you know, God, he, he, he washes it in the blood. You become a new creation. That's what you need. You need to be a new creation. And I'm going to tell you, after I was born again, I went through many struggles. But praise God, that seed within me that, that God had uh, regenerated, he brought it through. And everything the enemy tried to do to cancel me out, guess what? I pop out on the other side. By who? By God. That's who. It's not, it's not me, dude. Even at my best, I was the most terrible person. Even though I had friends and we were good and I could be nice to people, you don't understand. I was nothing like I am now. Are you with me? My heart cries out for people now. You know? I have compassion on people and I have uh, a love that, that's from God. You know? And I, I, I want to I get the whole world saved, praise God. But how many knows I'm not the builder of the house? The Lord is. So we're faithful servants. That just move according to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? I can't save you. I can't save you. Only God can save you. And if you feel that in your heart, pull it on your heart, it's a spiritual thing. All you got to do is turn your heart to the Lord. I got on a sidetrack note, so that was that was for y'all. Praise God. So I want to get to lesson number one for today. What time? Lesson number one. Yeah, it's, it's real quick. We're going to go through. Uh, it's the truth. Uh, Nehemiah, and I actually brought this other Bible. I found this cool little Bible in uh, my books. I, I, well, I hijacked it, dude. I've been reading this thing. It's really, it's really, uh, really cool. Um, but this is my Nehemiah book. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 4. Uh, and I want to get you back into the time frame real quick. Give me about 15 minutes. We're going to get there. Are y'all with me? So you got to remember, you know, the Jerusalem, the first temple was destroyed and uh, the prophets rise up and they help rebuild the second temple in the book of Ezra, which is where we was last week. If y'all remember that message, are y'all with me? How that as soon as they were commissioned to go do a work for the Lord, the opposition stirred up against them. Uh, and, and, and we went over several things and uh, the it's not in there by accident, you know. It's teaching us how to be firm and how to call upon the name of the Lord and build the kingdom of God in times of trouble, right? So Nehemiah is actually about 50 years later than that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, where they go and they actually build the temple, the wall around it and fortify it as a city. Are you with me? Uh, and this is the actual last time of the Old Testament. You know, are y'all, do y'all understand what I'm saying? Like in physical time, this is like the end before the silence and Jesus is born, right? Nehemiah chapter four. Because I want you to understand, like it's trying to teach us that every time uh, you know, the spirit gets stirred up and people get to build in the kingdom of God. It's not just once. It's not just twice. It's not just three times. It's every time the enemy tries to rise up against you. Are you with me? 
So you've got to get comfortable with building the kingdom of God through chaos, through turmoil. And praise God, at the end of the day, guess what? God's going to get the victory. Uh, and I just want to go over this real quick. All right. Chapter 4, verse 1. But it, so it happened when Samballot heard. Now, these are the, the descendants, and uh, Nehemiah is coming to rebuild and finish the work that was started in the book of Ezra. Are y'all with me? And he says, but so it happened when Samballot heard that they were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and uh, very in, indignant, indignant and mocked the Jews. So as soon as uh, this Samaritan or, or uh, this local person seen that the Jews had been stirred up again to come finish the work that was started, that, you know, they, they, they started this uh, kind of semi-clash of cultures back then, uh, you know, between the Jews and the Samaritans. Uh, now it's 50 years later, and their descendants see the descendants of the Jews coming back to finish the work. And I say 50 years later, don't quote me on that. There's a lot of information being jumbled together. But it's a time later. Let's leave it at that, because I know I don't have the exact number. Uh, but what I'm trying to show you is that even time has passed in this. Every time the spirit stirred up, so is the opposition. Are you with me? It made him mad that they wanted to come and build the house of God. Have you ever noticed how devils get to being angry when you set out to do something for the Lord? The first thing they do is mock you. Praise God. That ain't going to work. He, he can't do that. You know, his past, his this, his that. And they mock you. Are you with me? And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves in a mocking way? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? The stones that are burned. Now Tobia the Amorite was beside him and he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break it down. They're stone. Are you with me? So they're standing here mocking them as they've come back to finish the work that God has commissioned them. And it's, this is lesson number one. Lesson number one is that when you set out to do the will of God and build the kingdom of God, opposition will stir up and it will come in the form of mocking. Are you with me? Uh, then, praise God, uh, after the mocking gets done, it says in verse 4, here's what we do. Hear, O God, our prayer. Or hear, O our God. For we are despised. Turn their reapproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. Listen to this. This is it. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Praise God. Uh, now, in Jesus Christ, we don't pray for people's destruction, but I do want you to see that the builders, uh, you know, he said, this was their prayer. It, they prayed. It went up before the Lord. Hey, these guys have provoked you to anger before the builders, right? Uh, so that's, that's the lesson. The mocking begins. 
the prayer began. Are you with me? See, because these things are spiritual. You know, they might frustrate your plans and frustrate your uh, focus and frustrate uh, everything going on. But if you can refocus yourself, get yourself in the spirit and pray. Are you with me? You can stir up the spirit of God. All right. Verse six says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its work. For the people had a mind to work. So they built the wall, praise God. Now it happened when Samballot, uh, or Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Amorites, and the Astrodites heard, so look, listen to this, this is great, that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack and create confusion. Listen to this. Man, this is beautiful. So once they see that you're actually getting somewhere, right? And I'm going to show you an example of this. Once they see that you're building and you're actually getting somewhere, they, 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 they go to bitter anger. And they actually join together with the rest of the people that don't like you either. <laughs> and they conspire against you. Are you with me? This is the Bible. I'm not making this up. But I want you to understand it's a, uh, it's a spiritual thing. Are you with me? And not only that, think about this. When Jesus showed up, you got the Pharisees, you got the Sadducees. Are you with me? They can't stand each other for 400 years. But when the truth showed up, they locked arms together. Are you with me? To come against Jesus. Are you with me? It happens. I'm serious. This is spiritual warfare. Notice, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, there's still only one truth. There's still only the Christ and the Antichrist. Are you with me? Uh, and, and how many knows the devil knows how to rally them all up against you? Are you with me? This is lessons for the builders, God. This is lessons for us. But what do we do? So, verse 9 says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. And I want to I want to bring you to this, and I'm just going to paraphrase. Listen. So we see in lesson number two, the answer is also prayer. Are you with me? So when the enemy starts stirring up and rising against you, our weapon is prayer. Because it's not about what we can do, but we have an almighty God who can do all things. Do you trust Him? Do you believe Him? Are you with me? So, what I need you to see also is that after this, they switched the game plan up a little bit, right? Uh, and what Nehemiah did is he set each family to build in their own section of the wall all around Jerusalem. Are you with me? And uh, you know, they made themselves with spears, with knives, and all these things, which we, we wear the armor of God, right? Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. But the whole point that I'm getting at is, how many knows that even though they're building on that side, and we're building 
on this side, our little family right here, right? We're building over here. They're building over there. They're building over there, 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 and so on. Are you with me? How many knows we're still all building the same temple? And how many knows uh, that that church across the street is not your enemy? I know that's hard to believe sometimes, praise God. It's true, but Christians can be rough. But they're not your enemy. As a matter of fact, when there's an exterior threat, they'll be your greatest ally. Are you hearing me? Praise God. You need to understand. Uh, and, and God has even put this kind of stuff in here for us to look at it and to see. Uh, and I'm going to finish... Uh, I'm not even going to get to the third point. Uh, But I want you to see verse 19. It says, Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, The work is great and extensive, and we are separated from one another on the wall. Therefore, listen here, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet Rally to us there. Why? Our God will fight for us. But what he's saying is, look, we're all at a great distance. And if if the army comes in and plucks that one uh, section of, you you know, they're going to override us and throw us together. But we're going to set watchmen on the wall. Right. And, And when you hear that trumpet, let's rally together. Somebody rally the troops. Are you with me? Let's rally together and our God will come fight for us. Praise God. Is that not amazing? This stuff that's in here just in little nuggets of truth. Praise God. I pray that we wake up and understand. We're building a living temple. Never give up. We persevere. We endure. Praise God. Uh, But I want you to understand like, This stuff is spiritual, man. So we fight in the spirit, right? We have a God who fights for us. Are you with me? I might even just end it right there because I'm going to have to do a part three. There's no way I can get all the way through in one section. And I feel like that was enough for you to chew on a little bit. Are you with me? I love you guys very much, and I want you to understand, I'm going to say this. If you're not a part of the heavenly Jerusalem, and I'm going to tell you, we all walk around here and look the same until chaos breaks out. Then you figure out who's where. Are you with me? Who has faith in the the living God? Who don't? Are you with me? And I know times can get hard. Things can get hard. And, And some people are part of that body, but they haven't learned how to exercise their faith. Are you with me? So don't think that just because you freak out when something's going on that you're not part of that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, but we have a shield in our God. And uh, being born of the heavenlies, being born again by faith in Jesus Christ is a shield of protection. And when we cry out, Daddy comes running. You understand? When we rally together, Our God will fight for us. This is all throughout the Old Testament. All throughout the Old Testament. And I just want you to understand because the just shall live by faith, not a religious system. Listen to me. 
They have real faith in a real God. You know, Jesus says when he returns, will he really find faith on this earth? That's a scary question. Because we built faith systems in our mind. But do we really believe? Do we really trust in the living God? So that's it. Let's pray. Y'all ready? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray that you just increase our faith, Lord God. Teach us how to do battle, Lord, with the devil and the enemy, Lord, and whatever he stirs up against us, Lord God. Teach us to be strong in your spirit. Anoint our hearts and our minds, Lord God, to prepare for the spiritual war, Lord. And I pray that you just rally the troops, Lord God. Rise us up, Lord, and make us strong in your kingdom. I pray that you give this church a revelation and understanding and a heart that cries out for you continually. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.